I'm Andrea Hope, and this is To Mother. Episode 18, Toddlers. Hi, I'm Andrea Hope. I'm a mom, a Baha'i, a poet, and this is my podcast where I share my tips for parenting with purpose in the modern world. So I share some writings that inspire me from the Baha'i faith. I share some tips and resources and sometimes my poetry. Today, I'm really, really excited because I have a co-host, and she's going to talk a little bit about herself and why she was interested to um, be on the podcast with me to talk about mothering. And I'm going to just give it over to her for a little bit. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Mallory Quigg, and I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. Um, I have one son whose name is Noble, and I'm expecting my second son um, sometime late October. I'm also a Baha'i mom who is striving to, you know, educate my son and my future children in how to be a good person, how to live out the writings. And I just found Andrea's podcast through my husband, Colby's podcast. Plug it, plug it. What's it called? <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, Elevated Conversations. We have so, to plug it because we wouldn't have met if it wasn't for his podcast. So. I know. And you know what? His is the only other podcast I've ever been on. This is only my second time, so I'm a newbie for sure. So yeah, one of my passions really is to just connect with other moms about homeschooling and about like moral and spiritual education. So again, I'm super new and dabbling in all of it, but I thought I would just love to have more conversations and and share what I'm doing and learn from other moms. And then um, when we, when Colby and I listened to your podcast, I was like, I am her target audience. Like I am down with everything you're saying. I love learning about it. I love listening to it. And it is, it's so practical and helpful. And so Colby kind of helped, you know, connect you and I to together to see, well, maybe we can, we can do something together. So here we are. Here we are. So yeah, we're talking about toddlers. And so Mallory actually picked the quote this time. So she's going to read it once and then I'll read it once. This is from Abdul Baha. Whensoever a mother seeth that her child hath done well, let her praise and applaud him and cheer his heart. And if the slightest undesirable trait should manifest itself, let her counsel the child and punish him and use means based on reason. Even a slight verbal chastisement should this be necessary. It is not, however, permissible to strike a child or vilify him for the child's character will be totally perverted if he be subjected to blows or verbal abuse. And one more time. Whensoever a mother seeth that her child hath done well, let her praise and applaud him and cheer his heart. And if the slightest undesirable trait should manifest itself, let her counsel the child and punish him and use means based on reason even a slight verbal chastisement should this be necessary. It is not, however, permissible to strike a child or vilify him, for the child's character will be totally perverted if he be subjected to blows or verbal abuse. I would say there's a kind of a lot packed in this, <laughs> in this statement of, of balance and how we bring up our children. And so I guess, First, I'll just ask, why did you choose this particular quote? 
when you had asked me when we first talked about this podcast and finding a quote um, and this particular topic of toddler emotions, I remembered back to a uh, Wilmette Institute course I took called Conscious Parenting of Young Children. Wonderful course if anyone is interested in taking it. And it was just filled. I mean, it really blew my mind as a parent to read more of the quotes that I have yet to be exposed to within the Baha'i faith. And so I read through a bunch of them and this one kind of, um, you know, it really stood out to me because I feel like in terms of our children's emotions, in my experience, a lot of Noble's emotions kind of have to do with how I am responding to him. So just like this quote is saying from Abdu'l-Baha, when I'm seeing, you know, Noble doing something well and I encourage him, he is as a toddler, just he just wants to do it again and again and again. And, and you know, kind of that toddler thing where you're like, all right, you know, five times in a row, like, yeah, okay, yeah. You're a good boy, <laughs> you're a good boy still. <laughs> um, but, but even the opposite end where if he's doing something that I don't like, if I, if I really, you know, freak out about it and lose my cool, it kind of makes things worse. And it, it really could, like it says, in a way almost pervert, you know, his emotional responses. And so I liked this quote a lot because it really put a lot of emphasis on our response to our children's emotions as the mother or as the parent. So yeah, I thought this was a good kind of launch pad in our conversation of toddler emotions. Yeah, I think for Azalea, she definitely takes on this praise. So Azalea claps for herself when she knows she did something good because we have been so excited <laughs> for her when she achieves something, you know, when she puts all the um, shapes in the right place or when she finishes a puzzle by herself or something like that. So she has gotten to the point where even when she does something new that we haven't um, seen her do before, she'll clap for herself. Like she'll be able to acknowledge, hey, I think I just did something that was good. And then she'll clap and it's so cute. Like she climbed up uh, on a slide um, recently and she just like turned around and was like, yeah, like, you know, and like clap for herself and it's so cute. To, yeah. I think, man, I hope that's something that she can always uh, have within herself. But then at the same time, I think this quote talks about when they do something that is undesirable, you punish them. And I, I appreciate that because I think the word punish already makes me feel defensive and it has such a connotation based on maybe how we were punished as kids. So when I was very young, we did get spankings. And then my mom got to a point where she was like, hey, this isn't really working for us and it's really not necessary. And she stopped um, pretty early on, probably I was in elementary school. But this idea of punishment, I think depending on your family background, it, even the worry can just be like punishment. Oh, do I want to punish my kids? Or um, so I, I, I appreciate the fact that Abdu'l-Baha clarifies what that means. So hitting yeah. or vilifying a child is not what he's saying is punishment. He's saying, you know, let them know that what they're doing is undesirable um, and give them a reasonable response to that. And I think that's really important. I have seen situations where I feel that, because I've also um, worked with kids in aftercare and, and teaching, mm -hmm. where I feel that the child doesn't know 
the range of what is acceptable and not because adults are responding to all of their undesirable traits the same. So I would say it's not within reason. So if you respond to a child the same when they spill a glass of water to if they um, try to walk across the street without holding your hand, that's very confusing, (laughs) you know, because you're saying like spilling a glass of water is as bad as me like walking on the street a child needs to know kind of what are the what's the scope here <laughs> you yeah. know like what is is some if everything is causing a very big emotional reaction then I can't gauge like how bad or good things are oh yeah yeah and you know one thing too that makes me think about that word punishment because you know I was mentioning to you before we started this podcast that I've been looking up a lot about how to teach novel like emotional intelligence and um, just exposing him to different situations and like, okay, what is, what's happening in this picture with this child? How do they feel? Why do they feel that way? How could they feel better? How would you make someone feel better? Or what would you do in that situation? So just a lot of those questions to start exploring emotions. Um, and then in another conversation with a, another mom, I knew she had brought up this, this mom's, um, like a, a calming corner it's called. Uh, and it's a corner where you just have your kid go and take a break and um, you know there's things there that can help soothe them that kind of are with different sensory you know it could be lights or sounds or smells or things to touch and hold and stuff like that and um, the mom who made this calming corner she explained that you know especially when they're young like toddlers and they're just really exploring these different emotions and learning about them it it could almost be scary to as a mom for me to say to noble you know go to your room time out and then and that's it no explanation and then he has to go to his room by himself and then figure this out like figure out his emotions and it could be a very scary thing for you know toddlers like oh my gosh you know i was just feeling this way and then i got punished and now I'm alone and I have to deal with this myself and and I don't ever want Noble to feel scared about his you know emotions or disempowered really about having these emotions so I'm kind of now exploring this idea of a quiet corner and and putting things there to help Noble um you know just yeah process his emotions more Mm. I mean we've gotten into it already but I'll just make it more uh official so the living the life tip for this episode is to acknowledge emotions so we hear about the terrible twos or these concepts that you know toddlers are very emotional beings for me it's so understandable because they're not understanding you know what's going on in their world so of course it's emotional and it's confusing it's confusing for me sometimes as an adult (laughs) my emotions and then i have to say oh wait a minute uh maybe i'm just sleepy or so even yeah, as an adult, emotions don't necessarily have to do with what's happening, but there's so many other factors. Mm-hmm. So um, there's been a lot of research, I think, I would say more recently, and by that I mean within the last couple of decades, about acknowledging emotions. And that's not to validate that a child should have a certain reaction or shouldn't have a certain reaction, but just acknowledge that they are having that reaction. My son, for instance, uh, Rigo, our son, he, when he falls over and I pick him up, he stops crying, I would say within a minute 
of me picking him up he's like okay you got me I'm safe I'm done (laughs) our daughter it takes her much longer to come down from that being scared and then she'll just get up and go back and do exactly what she was doing before she was climbing the cabinet she'll just go back and climb the cabinets but it does take her a lot longer of holding a physical touch which is like me to come down from that so I can't say okay Azalea needs to be like Regal or Regal should be like Azalea uh, or this emotion should is valid or it's not valid the fact is she's having the emotion whether or not I want her to or, or she wants to or not So how do I acknowledge that she's having the emotion and then process it as opposed to worrying about whether or not she should have the emotion, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember before I became a mom and I would observe other moms and I would see a child having, you know, what I would maybe call a tantrum, but maybe now as a mom, I wouldn't call it that, (laughs) but, you know, a child crying. And I would just remember thinking to myself, oh, I'm not going to let my child do that. I'm not going to let my child act that way blah, blah, blah. And yeah, now that I am a mom, I I remember just having this kind of conscious shift of like, oh, you know, why would I tell my child, don't, don't be sad, you know, don't be angry, don't feel it, don't cry. You know, he needs Mm -hmm. to cry. Like he just fell, he hurt himself. It's a scary situation. Just let him feel it and be there for him. Because I think like, like some moms have this fear that they're going to, you know, make their child uh, weak or mm-hmm. depend on people, you know, if they let them feel too many emotions. And I'm just kind of like, you know, don't think that way, Mallory. You know, I think it's actually going to be more productive for our society if we do let people, especially our children, grow up feeling their real emotions. And, and especially boys, <laughs> I would say. Oh my gosh, yes. I totally agree. And I think, yeah, that balance of it, it's not saying that it's justified that, you know, when you're an adult, you can't just go and have a big emotional reaction to <laughs> to everything that happens to you. You know, you miss the bus and you can't just like not be able to handle that. But I think, yeah, like you're saying, maybe in previous generations, maybe when my grandparents grew up or like earlier on when I was growing up, there was this guidance of how to act um based on like your life is fine you have no reason to be upset or if you're gonna cry i'll give you something to cry about that's something (laughs) i heard that just underlying um assumption that you know we all have the same standard of what makes us emotional or not and so i had to do a lot of work for myself because i'm a highly sensitive person and i'm very emotional for a while i did try to just suppress that like oh i shouldn't be emotional and then i feel guilty for an emotion, which is a whole nother thing. And after a while, I had to just be like, hey, I'm an emotional person. And that causes me to be more empathetic. And it causes me to want to do more in life. And as long as I know how to process those things in a healthy way, I think that's okay. You know, if I have to go and listen to Adele and John Mayer for... for you know 20 minutes and or I need to go on YouTube and watch videos of people being surprised by puppies and just cry it out you know as long as I found a way to deal with it like that's okay yeah and how beautiful is it for your child to see you like processing those emotions in a healthy way you know I I'm kind of the opposite I did not grow up being an emotional person I was raised by my dad and I just have one brother so just Mm. and I just didn't cry. I was embarrassed to cry in front of other people. I didn't want to do it. 
And so I, now I have Noble and I'm also pregnant and I'm, I'm pretty sure I cried as recent as this morning. <laughs> and he sees me, like Noble sees me crying and it is the sweetest thing. He'll just say, Mama, are you sad? And then, you know, I say, yes, I'm sad. And, you know, we can talk about it together and that he is like developing this empathy towards yeah. me. And I think that that's actually a really sweet thing for him to experience versus me running away and hiding it from him, you know, being this tough mom or whatever. So I, I'm really enjoying kind of exploring emotions with Noble right now. Oh, yeah, that's great. So just to say again, living life tip is to acknowledge your toddler's emotions and then go from there. <laughs> and in my resource, it was really difficult because, as I said, I did this directory of Baha'i children's books in English that's now available on my website. So it did take me quite a few hours to complete this directory. So I'm just making it donation-based. So if people want to donate towards it. I'm hoping that I can update it every summer. Um, but this is over 125 English books written by Baha'i authors, and it has categories like history, central figures, older children, younger children. And I'm really hoping that it'll be a resource not only for parents and teachers, but also for artists, because you can kind of see where are the gaps right now in children's literature. You know, we don't have a lot of um, books about the holy days. We don't have a lot of books about the female central figures or um, early believers. And so as a writer, it can also give you an idea of what might be needed. So like I said, it was hard for me to choose one book in particular, but I did choose uh, for the, the resource for toddlers, The Animal Tales, because a mom on Facebook recommended them. And so it is by Jennifer Lemon, and it's a series of different books about animals that teach about virtues. And Elhan Athnan says, our children liked Animal Tales series by Jennifer Lemon, particularly the story of Riaz Redfin. But there's several stories in the series, um, and a lot of them have like Daphne Duck, or um, <laughs> they're written so that there's the alliteration with the animal and the name, which is cute. I also chose the Animal Tales series because my toddler is really into animals. She's probably more into animals than she is humans right now. <laughs> Just in terms of identifying them, because there's so many different names, you know, and different types. And so she's doing a lot of matching with animals. So the animal tells, that's the resource for today. So I want to thank Mallory for joining me for this first time. Being a co-host is really helpful to have someone else to uh, bounce ideas off of and also to be a bit more lighthearted. Oh, <laughs> thank there's... you for inviting me yeah. on. This was so much fun. Yeah, and it's just like, part of the reason why I started this is it's just helpful for me too so even if I didn't publish it it's just helpful for me to talk with another mom <laughs> exactly, yeah. about my emotions or you know <laughs> so yeah thank you so much and if you want to contribute you can email me at info at andreahope.org if you have a suggestion a tip a resource or even a question about something we might discuss and you could also even record your audio. And so I have a nice recording of your voice that we can play. So I'm going to go ahead and end with a very short poem this time. Magistrate by Andrea Hope. It took me two years past the average age to tell my left shoe from my right. Now you're right from wrong. Your shame from pride is mine to decide. Ask me if I'm qualified.
To Mother is an individual initiative and provides only the personal reflections and insights of its creator, that's me. For more information about the Baha'i faith, including access to the official writings and contacts for Baha'is in your community, please visit baha'i.org.